good morning. Welcome to the Women Who Make Us Wine radio and TV show. My co-host, Jim Morris, the Napa Valley Wine Guy, and I are so excited to spend brunch with you this Sunday morning, March 14th, 2021. I'm Hope Katz-Gibbs, producer and founder of Incandescent Radio and Incandescent TV, here today with our remarkable guest, Jessica Lewis, founder of the Savvy Social Vine and the Twitter show, hashtag Time to Wine. Jessica is the founder also of this wine marketing and social media agency, as I said, Savvy Social Wine, that teaches wine and social media marketing to wineries all over the world. We can't wait to hear about this. So take it away, Jim. Well, I'm definitely not Hope Katz Gibbs. Uh, I, I'm, I'll be Jim Morris the rest of the, today until I'm not. Um, anyway, welcome to, uh, this is, I think, our fifth show now, fourth or fifth. It's I'm still waiting for like our Emmy and Grammy nominations to start coming in, but uh, but that will happen eventually. So anyway, I am thrilled to, to welcome a, a friend of mine and somebody that I've actually met. We met for like 30 seconds in real life at our at our son's graduation at University of Oregon like three years ago. Um, yeah, but uh, Jessica Lewis is she, she's headquartered up in the, the great city of Eugene, uh, Oregon, and I it, totally enjoy her shows that she puts on uh, every other uh, Tuesday. Or, yeah, Tuesday. It's um, Monday, uh, Monday, Monday and Friday. Monday, Monday. Monday Sorry, I'm God. getting confused too. Monday and Friday. Yes. And um, so anyway, so Jessica, welcome to, uh, to Women Who Make Us Wine podcast. Um, well, thank you. It's thrilled to have you. So how are things in Eugene this morning? In Eugene this morning, I was running around getting ready, drinking tea, so I don't think things have really unfolded in Eugene yet. It looks a little rainy and wet outside. Yesterday, it was quite sunny, and it was like about the, this week was the first week I could sit outside and enjoy sun. Today, it looks like rainy Eugene again. Perfect. That's the Eugene we know and love, so. Yes. <laughs> so, one of the things that uh, when, when Hope first came to me and, and we talked about this show, it's like, um, it, you know, even though it says women who make us wine, uh, it was really important to me to say to not only have the women who own wineries and the women winemakers and all that, but it's like it's the women in the other parts of the business that are really uh, also are part of this as well. That uh, this is a, for for generations, this has been a very male dominated industry, and. But it's like the impact that women are having, especially I've been in the business 20 some odd years, and it has been quantum leaps, uh, you know, from where it was even 20 years ago. And it's like, but it's important to me and to hope uh, to really spotlight those that are in other roles in the business and, and how they introduce people to wine and how, you know, how they talk about wine and how you know, wine is a fast, such a fascinating lifestyle and it's universal. And so what I wanted to actually, we'll take a little step back and, and just, if you could share with us kind of your journey uh, in the wine side of things, because you have, you have a very vast background, but um, from your wine journey, uh, take us through that if you wouldn't mind. Sure. So I was teaching all of the marketing classes and social media classes at the University of Oregon. And I'm an extensive traveler. So I had a group of students that wanted to go to Europe. And I've been to Europe, I've worked in, been to Italy uh, probably 12 or 13 times. So 
I went to the study abroad department and said I wanted to start doing a study abroad program for my students. I was originally going to teach marketing and social media in Italy. As the university kind of unfolded this situation, that wasn't going to work well in the city there is, um, and in the facility because it's not really productive to teach social media in this particular city. There's outages and the facility didn't have the equipment for that. So at the last minute, they changed it to wine. I was not very skilled in that interest in that industry or particularly interested at that point. So they changed it to wine and I thought, oh no, what am I going to do here? So I found a book. There's very few books on this subject called Wine, wine Marketing. I ordered the book. I have been in marketing my entire life. So I got the book and I was going to Italy thinking they're going to see right through me and this is awful. So when I got to Italy and I talked to them, the Italian wineries, what they needed was the marketing and the social media. They didn't give a diddly do whether I knew about wine or not. So they knew about the wine and I needed to teach them about marketing and social media. Because I'm a marketer, I was able to study this subject really well and I know how to market wine. So we were writing really extensive marketing plans for about 12 huge Italian wineries and then going and presenting at Brolio. So we would sit for hours. So I was actually incredibly challenged by this. I was teaching the class. I was sitting there studying all of this, but we were working with Antonori. So as, in, as we were going in and writing marketing plans for Antonori, it is incredibly challenging to write a marketing plan for a brand. So I was sitting with students and we were all working together well into the evening on writing marketing plans for these Italian wineries. I, I had tour buses filled with University of Oregon students. So I took the biggest group of students in the history of the University of Oregon to Italy. And I had um, the first year 16 students or 15 students, the second year, there were 66 students and the third year there was 200 and I think a total of, um, it was 15, 66, and then I think 166 went the third year. So I left the university. I was heavily encouraged to come out and do the tours outside of the university. So the Italian wine industry supported me during this transition and contacted and called me and said, we need to put wine tours together. It has turned into, it was Wine Marketing Monday. So it was a show every Monday. It has transitioned into seven days a week. So I changed it to Time to Wine because it goes on every day. I have people contacting me from every country. And so right now I have a position where I've got people, I have had Eight universities asking me, would I take students to Europe or would I take students to South Africa? And then I have on the other side, people asking me, can I teach them how to market champagne in France? So there's a lot of things going on on both sides. That's incredibly cool. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more. Go deeper. All right. Take us back a little bit. You okay, sure. My, my, I'm trying to make sure my headphone stays in here. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, you're doing great. <laughs> I get so, the stapler. I, I, I know I need a stapler in there. So yes. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, so we want to know more about you as a woman in this interesting business. It sounds very cool how you made this transition from academia to wine to now you're doing this daily show, which is super cool. So take us back a little bit more. How did that really come into play? And then I want to know more about you as just as a woman in, in, in the world. So in the world. Yeah. How did it come to play? How did the transition come to play? Yeah, exactly. I believe my understanding is big universities do not have hundreds of students going on study abroad. So I was encouraged by many people in the wine industry to start my own business and start doing it outside of the university. I then went and studied wine. So I have a, a we set two. So I need to keep working with that. But I would say my strong point industry right now is wine business and wine marketing and social media. However, when I'm contacted to interview people, so for example, South Africa contacts me and wants to be interviewed, I study South Africa. So I go in and study the wine industry. So a lot of, so one of the things that was very challenging to me and I had to step up to the plate is a lot of these people are world-class, um, the first person in their, in their area to be a master of wine. So behind the scenes, I go in and I study the wine industry in South Africa. So then behind the scenes, I'm emailing them questions. They may be the only person in South Africa that has a master's of wine. So I write them and say, this, this is what I see in South Africa. You're the expert. Do you mind telling me if this is correct? And they generally write me back and say, this is great. So um, that's my area of expertise, I would say, wine marketing plans, marketing plans, social media, extensive social media uh, strategic plans, and then also being able to go into the industry in different areas and analyze what's going on. And then I'm doing live interviews right now, so I'm being contacted by each country. Is that in-depth enough for you? Yeah, no, definitely. So tell us a little bit about the sparkly stuff. Like, what is going on in each country? Just pick one or two and tell us. Well, South Africa has had a total prohibition during COVID. And so when I was going in and looking at that, so they were doing a lot of, it forced them, the prohibition was going on because apparently the government thought that Alcohol was causing drinking and driving, which was causing people going to the hospital. The hospitals were already full with COVID patients. So they put a strict prohibition on alcohol sales, which was causing the industry to go under, what is the word for that? Because we haven't, um, under, under the light there. So they were doing a lot of things like um, having to sell alcohol but saying they were selling coffee in bulk. They were doing, uh, so and it was not, it wasn't going well for them. And then the government didn't get sales tax for anything they were doing. So they were doing a lot of things illegally to make money and support themselves. There were also things going on with um, people using pineapple to make alcoholic products. So the grocery stores were marking up the pineapple, but the grocery stores were putting displays together on the products to make this illegal or this on the side alcohol. So they were putting all the displays together with, you can make this over here. So that is one of them. Italy 
has started doing something is from the medieval period, which was apparently during the plague, they had windows that they would keep, they would open and hand you your, some, you might put your money there and then they would hand you the product possibly at a pharmacy through this window so you had no contact with one another. They've reopened them and they were selling, they're called wine windows from, from the middle ages. And so apparently they were still, they're using those again. And so that's been an interesting change in Italy. And then there's been a lot of storage of wine in Italy where they don't know if they'll ever be able to sell the wine from the, this year's production or the year before and it's just sitting in the cellar. Wow. It's, so there's COVID has devastated so many things. That's fascinating. So what, what's your forecast? What do you think is going to happen going forward? What I see right now is I'm being contacted from every country. I, I, what I see is I'm being asked to do tours. So I've got different components here. So I'm working with the SBDC in Eugene. I've got a situation where I can do marketing consulting or people are asking me to teach in a variety of different countries. So they're asking me, can you come teach this? Can you bring students here? So there's all kinds of things in that arena. There's a tour situation that is sort of on hold due to COVID and we don't know exactly what's going to happen with that. But I've had universities asking me to take students and I'm credentialed to teach and, and give college credit in a university system. So universities are asking me to teach wine marketing and taking students to a variety of different countries. So I've had eight. I've had regular everyday people saying, hey, can you take us to Italy or can you take us to South Africa? I've had um, people saying, can you take executives, et cetera. So there's a, that's going on on one side. And then I've had a variety of people asking me to teach. Can you teach this in different areas? And then I have people asking me, can you teach us how to market wine? Can you teach us how to use social media? Can you teach us how to do these different things? So from every country. So I project that I will probably be doing a lot of traveling in the future when things are lifted. Especially with the international scope of what you're doing um, is this is as weird as it sounds, this is somewhat of a dysfunctional industry in many regards. Uh, when it comes to communicating or talking to its customers, um, because there's so many, you know, the laws in the U.S. are very different than the laws in even Canada or the laws in Italy, the laws in South Africa or Australia or New Zealand or even South America. And so how consumers gain access to wine is so different. And so it, as a winery, you have to learn to adapt and you have to learn, you know, even in the U.S., that's the only market I'm familiar with. Um, you know, that we have to learn how to speak to everybody, whether it's new wine drinkers that just turned 21 to uh, millennials to Gen X, um, and then all the way up to the boomers who are still the ones that are, you know, buying the bulk of our wine. But we, we have to talk, we have to meet them where they're at. And that's one of the things that, um, is one of the challenges that wineries have. And so it's how, how do you speak, you know, to each generation and do it without sounding condescending or without sounding smarmy? Um, so what, what have been some of the, you know, on the social media side of things, uh, how do you talk to, have wineries talk to their 
customers, you know, of all different types? Well, I think that what's important in all of this, including myself, is writing a very extensive marketing plan. Who is your target audience? How do you plan to reach them? So if you have a variety of different target audiences that you're trying to reach on social media, you would have different posts that are appealing to a variety of different people. So for example, I see a lot of people posting on social media and this can go, you know, I need to do this for myself. At the moment, I need to write an, an extensive marketing plan, an extensive social media marketing plan, because there's things on social media I need to do and I need to have goals and objectives. For example, I find it very difficult to increase your following on Instagram. So what's the natural way to do that? So I have to create a goal and objective that I plan to increase my following on Instagram from this number to this number by this time. So the same thing with Facebook, the same thing with Twitter, the same thing with Pinterest or any of these other platforms, YouTube, et cetera. So I'm running about eight platforms and I would say my biggest objective at the moment is to increase my following. Now with different, with a marketing plan, you're talking about your winery what are your goals and objectives for your winery? You look at the market and the industry and what's happening with the market and the industry. Are sales going up or sales going down? What's happening with each generation? I would say a big generation coming in for the wine industry would be the millennials that are really interested. My generation was not interested in wine. Boomers were interested in wine. Gen X was interested in other things, beer, etc and really wasn't a great target audience. Millennials is a huge generation, larger than the boomer generation. That is a great target market to be have interested in wine. So I think we needed to brush the dust off of some of the wine and make it hip again. And then, so for me at the university, um, Italy, um, and at a university, Italy is not a popular location. Kids, uh, students don't wanna to travel to Italy. And wine was not particularly interesting to them. And it became this huge ordeal where they were all jumping all over me because they all wanted to go to Italy and they all wanted to do wine. And I have hundreds and hundreds of pictures of 21 year olds with wine glasses jumping up and down at Italian wineries. So I think your social, I think a marketing plan is essential. A social media marketing plan is essential. And then targeting on your platforms, which are geared for different groups, what are you going to do on each platform and how do you reach your audience? Uh, that, that is such good stuff. And I think that uh, as a, owning a PR firm and com uh, publishing company myself, you know, the social media is key for all of us at this point. But now I want to ask you another question. Tell us sure. about your background, your history. How did you get from where you were to where you are today? Okay, my background has gone, it looks like I planned it all out. I was, I did not plan it all out. I, I stepped along and went, what am I doing next? I started in sales. So I would say when I was about 21, I was um, the top salesperson in newspaper advertising. So I sold newspaper advertising in Montgomery, Alabama. I moved to the Pacific Northwest. I worked for the newspaper here. Then I sold television advertising. Then I moved into being a marketing director for a college, and then I became a national marketing director. 
And so I was working a great deal of time out of Eugene. So I was working in the United States and I've traveled quite a bit. Then at the university, I started the wine marketing program and I was working in Italy for four years. Does that, does, do you need to know a little bit more or does that work? No, that's perfect. That's that, perfect. That one, one of the things that, that you know, I, wine, the wine industry is such a unique world that there's a lot of different ways and a lot of different avenues to drive or to, to go through, what is your dream job in the wine business it, or your dream role in what you want to do next? Because you'll, um, it, you have so many, so much energy and so many ideas and so many, so much background, but what is, what's, what's the one thing you really, really want to do next? Well, I like actually doing all three. And so this is why I have to have, I have a business plan. I also need to work on my marketing plan and my social media plan. What I'm very interested in, and if I were doing all tours, that's probably all I could do, but we have a hold on tours at the moment. We have a hold on several of these things. So if I were to go teach in South Africa, we needed to kind of, we're kind of on hold, but I'm interested in teaching in different countries. So for example, South Africa, if they're asking me to come teach, um, Oregon State was asking me to teach wine executives how to market wine. Then South Africa, they were asking me, they were connecting with me with a variety of people asking me to teach in South Africa. They were also, I've had several people saying, can you bring students to South Africa? So I have to work on one thing at a time. At the moment, I think a good bit of it is on hold because our international travel has been on hold. But I think it's a good time to work on the tours. It's a great time to work with everyone on social media at the moment and do um, a live broadcast. And I plan to expand to IGTV. So I'm working on that right now. And then, then uh, the consulting, et cetera. All of that sounds really fun to me. I love being in foreign countries. I love traveling. I love working with, all, with people on marketing and social media. And I would actually like doing tours. That is so cool. You definitely have a dream job, right? <laughs> yes, it's unfolding. So uh, I have one more one more quick question before I let Hope uh, uh, yes. close it up. But, um, tell, tell us about some of your upcoming guests on your, uh, uh, on your Time to Wine uh, Twitter chats. Well, I have about 11 people contacting me a day. So I have a lot of information going right on right now. I'm lined up through October and I don't have it in front of me, but I have, I'm lined up through October. I have a whole group of people and then I've emailed a whole nother group of people. So, and I don't have the sheet in front of me at the moment to be able to go through the list. Otherwise I do it. But right now really? I have about 50 people behind the scenes that are interested and want to participate. I'm just waiting for answers and I'm booking it all into my calendar at the moment, but I'm happy to post the list. <laughs> Uh, final question, how do people get in touch with you and how do we get our listeners and uh, viewers to follow you? I am on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn. A great way to reach me is on LinkedIn or Twitter and then any of these other platforms. I'm using uh, Pinterest as well. 
So I'm very around. If you Google Jessica Lewis, you can find me on social media. And then also on, you can see the list of people that are participating. And also you can see that on Instagram. It's Jessica with a Y. Right. Jessica with a Y. J-E-S-S-Y-C-A Lewis. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Jessica, for being our guest today. Jim, I uh, appreciate seeing you at the, out in California. Jessica's in Oregon. I'm in New Mexico. So Zoom is a magical thing. You yes, I'm so glad to talk to you too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So you are watching the Women Who Make Us Wine radio and TV show. I'm Hope Katz Gibbs with my co-host Jim Morris, the Napa Valley Wine Guy. Thank you, Jessica Lewis. We will Thank talk you. to everyone in two weeks, every other Sunday on Facebook Live. We do Women Who Make Us Wine at brunch at 11 p.m. Pacific. Thank you all. Enjoy your day.